why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. Hello, everyone. Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Schmelz. Our other host is Jeffrey Gordon. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you? Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm kind of going for a Christian Bale Batman thing here, but it's not really coming out that way. But yeah, this movie that we're going to talk about is pretty cool. Yeah, I can't whisper anymore because this movie was so good. I am just losing it and I cannot talk at a whisper to describe it. Holy cow. We just saw A Quiet Place 2 and Jeffrey and I are going to review this. And Jeff, we our group chat was blowing up the minute both of us got done this movie. Because, uh, man, it was great. Was this your first movie back since the pandemic, Ryan? Because it, it was. It, go ahead. It was. It was absolutely my first movie back, and it was probably. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a better movie theater experience than what this was, because it was. Um, it, it was just wow all all around. Yeah, this is a movie that you have to see in theaters. This was my first movie back too. And man, um, talk about anxiety because I had it the entire movie. It was yeah. it was just so so good. The scares are 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 more plentiful this time compared to the first one. I find this to be uh, the scarier of the two. And uh, yeah, what an experience. Um, I didn't, uh, and, and I don't I don't know the story the backstory about like what the decision was to exclusively release this in theaters, but we saw obviously a big trend during the pandemic of like big movies getting just released on streaming services and nobody really taking the chance and going to theaters. Well they were, but they were also having a streaming option. This is the first movie I think that really and I don't know if this was intentional, but it felt like they put their foot in the ground and said, No, 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 we're going full in movie theaters and we're making people go back to the theater to see it. And it is, I mean, if we were concerned people weren't going to go back to the theater, I, I guess we were wrong because this movie has been cashing in at the box office. And if you are one of those people who's going to see it and putting your money down, you are getting every penny worth because I felt like I got my money's worth and then some. Yeah, it's the first movie in this pandemic era that's crossed the $100 million mark and has done it in two weeks. That's how excited people were uh, to see this movie. And Ryan, I know you said that the opening sequence of Army of the Dead is one of the best sequences you've ever seen. But the opening 10 minutes of this movie is one of the best opening sequences I've ever seen in a, oh, in a oh. horror movie. Yeah, you you took the you took the the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I I, I think I want to see somebody give me a list of the best horror movie um opening opening scenes of all time so we can watch and just compare and and i mean this has got to be up at the top because uh this is just insane and jeff i have an idea for this episode that i want to get into and i was going to pitch it to you before we went live but uh i'll pitch it to you after you make your next point yeah just saying like during the first movie we didn't really know much about these monsters and where they came from but you learn a lot about them in this opening sequence um and God, it it just reminds me kind of 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 signs in a way, just how the aliens kind of come and how it's like in uh, rural middle America and the attack is just so terrifying. Oh, yeah. And, and I think the idea what I want to do for this episode, by the way, uh, this is a little off track, but I think um, 
I want to make this a little more, since this is a new movie and it's in theaters exclusively and not on a streaming service, I do want to make this episode a little more friendly for our audience who hasn't seen the movie yet. You know, I, I want to be inclusive to them. So I think uh, you think, Jeff, let's let's not reveal any spoilers until we get into our scene section. And if we want to do our final review before our final ratings before we do scenes, we may consider that too. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, let we'll keep this spoiler free up until we get to scenes, so everyone can be convinced why they should go see this movie. Um, does that sound good to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try my best for sure. <laughs> we'll yeah, try my but, best to not spoil anything. But, I'll keep it very yeah. vague. Yeah, but I don't think we're revealing any spoilers when we talk about the opening scene because it's it's all over the trailer if you've watched the trailer. And it pretty much reveals – it gives you a little more of an idea how this whole thing got started. And I like how they give us like a taste of, of the beginning of this whole um, apocalyptic scene setting they're in. Um, but they don't exactly like, give us everything. So it's kind of like it leaves it open for a third movie to explore more about uh, these monsters while also kind of just, you know, just giving you something that you didn't know about in the first movie. It really was like a, a good mix there and really smart writing by John Krasinski. Yeah. And I, I really like that we saw John Krasinski again, because obviously spoilers from the first movie, which we can say, uh, he doesn't make it out of the end of the first movie, but I really like that we we saw him again. He's such a great like action star, and you 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 probably couldn't have predicted that when he was on the office. But I'm I'm really happy that he's made that transition because he's just so charismatic and um, he he's just so great on screen. Yeah, and if you've watched any of our past shows, I'm a big fan of comedy actors taking on serious dramatic roles and. And just just being versatile because yeah okay you Adam Sandler is probably a great example we saw just how good of an actor he can be in the two dramatic roles he's done like uncut gems and yeah I mean Jim was like a goofy character in The Office but John Krasinski's been everything but that since leaving The Office I mean my goodness his he's he's become the the modern one of the modern day action stars and he just has so much star power now that almost every time he's in a movie or a TV show, you at least have to like give it a chance. Right. It, it, yeah. and, and now he's a, he's, now he's proven to be a brilliant director and writer too. He's the total package, man. Um, if, if you guys haven't watched Jack Ryan on Amazon prime, he just sells himself as an action star in that. But this opening sequence is a great um, little sample of that too. And this opening sequence also gives you an introduction to um, probably the main character in this movie, which is Killian Murphy's character. Oh, oh, oh. what a character arc. Oh my goodness. This is, this is one of the, the reasons to watch it. We will, we'll, we'll hold off on talking about his arc completely because um, there, there are some spoilers in there. So let's be a little careful here, but um, yeah, I mean, first of all, like performances in this movie, and I don't think we're revealing any spoilers of this, but just like the first film, we, we got great performances then they're also here in this one. And it's, it, that's one of the strong, there's a lot of strong suits here, but uh, the acting is just uh, really on point. And even from our, our child actors, really, really strong too. Yeah. The, the, the daughter in the first movie um, whose death actually is, takes on a bigger role this time around. And she's so good. And in, in every scene that she's in, there's just some real tension with her. 
and they really kind of use, um, you know, her hearing aid and her disability uh, very, very well in this plot, I would say. Um, she is, she's just so good. She's such a great actress, man. Yes. And, and um, Emily, yeah, and Emily ahead. Blunt kind of, uh, and Emily Blunt kind of takes her character to the next chapter. Cause now she's lost, um, a husband and, a and a son from the first movie. And, and you kind of see her just really grief stricken. And it's a whole new, like, you know, the, this whole thing was tough on her mental health to begin with, but then you just kind of take it to a whole nother level. In this one, even though, you know, the movie starts off, they know how to kill these aliens now, but she's still just, I mean, she, she's beaten up and mentally as well as physically. And it's just so uh, really just a, an unbelievable performance by her and also, you know, great performance by Killian Murphy. Yeah. You know, speaking of Emily Blunt, I like how this movie picks up immediately after the end of the first, like they're walking out of the farmhouse after that crazy night um, in the first movie. And you could just see how how broken Emily Blunt's character is in this movie. How there's just really this really great scene where they're they're walking on this path of sand that they've laid, and then for the first time since this whole thing has broken out, they finally step off the path for the first time. Um, it's a really great scene, and just the physical acting by Emily Blunt is so great. Mm-hmm. You, this movie really. This really makes these actors and actresses just re- not rely on dialogue. And it's just like, it's all facial acting and, and expression and feeling and, and, and everything that, that goes into the human mind. And it's really just, it's such an original concept. And, and that's what I love about it. it it's just, I, I, it's hard to put into words, but it's really just a, a unique situation they put these actors and actresses into. And I feel like they just all kind of ran with it. Yeah, they really lean into it, and you don't see many original ideas in Hollywood these days. It's either all comic book movies or reboots of past movies. This is probably the most original franchise I've seen in a very long time, and they really use how these monsters interact with humans and everything uh, very, very well in this movie. Um I, I want to get into specific scenes. I don't know how spoiler, spoilerly you want to go. Oh, there, there's a couple more things we want to go to before we get into specific scenes. Because yeah. there's there's just a lot of little things. Like, you know, this movie's based on sound, right? And yeah. we're talking about sound. I mean, this is sound editing, sound mixing, cinematography. Uh, it's just, first of all, it's just a beautiful movie. Like, just how well shot it is. Uh, first off, that's one of the first things that came to mind as I was watching this, but just the sound editing. Holy oh, crap. Yeah. Especially especially how they utilize the one daughter's uh, hearing disability into and mix it in with scenes from what she's hearing and what everyone else is hearing. Ah, oh, man, that's just a little attention to detail. And also, too, I'm going on a rant here, but I love how with with the cinematography and how, how it's shot, how they lit every little object has meaning it's such an attention to detail movie like when they're walking and stepping like oh your foot has to avoid touching that cup because it might make a sound it's it's just such you know when they're walking on the path they can't hit a a stick because it'll make a sound and could cost them their life it's just every little thing they do has tension this entire movie has tension throughout the entire thing and there's almost not a single minute where you get to relax 
Oh no. I, I was so anxious. Like I said, at the beginning of this episode throughout this entire movie, I had to look away a lot. Like I had to look at my fiance because I was so scared of everything that was going on on screen. And that's how you know that you have an effective plot an effective mm-hmm. horror movie and God, just everything about this is great. Yeah. But, but the thing is too, like, even though I was like terrified and I was, I had ma- major anxiety and my heart was racing this whole time. Like I also couldn't stop smiling because number one, I was so happy to be back in a movie theater. But number two, I was just like, Oh my goodness. I am watching an awesome movie right now. And everything about this movie is just clicking. So well, uh, like the minute the movie starts, you're hooked. And then, it just never lets you go really. And that's what it just, you know, you just walking out like, wow, that was an experience. And it really didn't take, the, it really wasn't that long of a movie either. It was a pretty short amount of time. It was in and out and I was very satisfied. Yeah. I can't believe this movie was only an hour, was like an hour and 30 minutes. And it's not even that long, but you're so gripped into this thing from the very beginning that it, it seems like you're in it longer, which normally we would say is a bad thing when we're reviewing movies. But this is actually a good thing because you're so scared the entire time that you're you, like in the moment you feel like, you know, these scenes are going on longer than they are. Official runtime, 97 minutes didn't That's even crazy. break 100. That um, is so crazy. Yes, but I'm so happy they they just they held out and, and released this in theaters because it is just only a sixty one million dollar budget. Can you believe that? Yeah, I I would have thought this movie would be would have been close to like a hundred million, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it um, feels like it doesn't feel. I don't know. It, it's hard to describe, but I guess just you think about it. They don't have a huge cast. Um, uh, the stars are related and one, one of the stars is a director. So there's that too might save on cost a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's a, uh, it was just impressive. It's a really just well put together movie and they just utilize, I guess they utilize every ounce of that 61 million, right? Yeah. And you see the monsters a lot more this movie, which, you know, we've talked about the jaws effect a million times on the show by this point, but I think that seeing the monsters more in this movie was effective this time around, honestly, because I yeah. wanted to see more of them. Yeah, because they don't um, they don't use them too much. They're not overdone. Um, and I think, too, just I think they they still keep the focus every time the monsters are on screen on the characters. Like there's not a lot of shots where it's just the monster in it. It's usually like the character and then the, the monsters in the background lurking or it's chasing them. You know, it's kind of just the. I don't know. It's like they never really like ch- take the focus off the fact that this is a character driven movie and not a monster driven movie. Yeah, there, there's just there's a couple scenes in here where the monsters kind of blindside a character where they just come from like the right side of the screen and tackle somebody. That's the most effective scenes in this movie is when it comes out of nowhere and they come and get you. Okay, I know you've been eager to do this, so uh, let's put the spoiler warning on. We're 15 minutes in, and you are spoiler alert, because we're getting into scenes. And this is, oh, oh well, let's just put the whole movie as one big scene, really. Um, yeah. I, I do have like a little bit of critiques here and there, but uh, it won't be very harsh. Um, and it's actually the one critique I have is from a scene I like, but let's go ahead and continue talking about the opening scene. 
and go from there? Yeah. So here's your last spoiler warning. I'm going to count down for you and I'm going to do it slow. Three, two, one. All right. So opening scene, we find out how this whole entire um, apocalypse, if you will, or invasion starts. And the way they do it at like a little league baseball game is just so great. It was such a great choice by John Krasinski. You see this explosion in the sky and people starting to panic. Man, yeah, and they, they, they do small town setting, which I don't know. I've always just felt that was more effective anyway, because it just I don't know. It has that family structure where it's like these guys are watching their 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 home, like their people, their friends and family just getting massacred while they're trying to fight for their lives. And there's just some kind of tension with that, you know, just, you know, watching your friend shoot at this thing and to no avail um, and then having to hear him die behind you or having the entire all the town folk strapped in the bar and you just you knew something was going to go wrong there and you're just like what the heck's going to happen here and then a cell phone goes off and next thing you know everything is just falling apart but also just oh some of the the camera angles in the and the sets with with the bus emily blunt driving the car oh man like i wish we could just i wish you could pull this up and just watch it with our audience and just see it go down because there's so much to point out and i believe uh john krasinski has a segment on vanity fair where he does break down the first scene of the movie um so we might want to check that out oh i'm gonna watch that right after we're done recording this actually but i i I would say my favorite part of that opening scene is when uh john krasinski and his daughter are, are hiding in that bar and then the bar keeps um you know starts praying out loud and like right away, John Krasinski's like, hey, hey, these monsters are kind of drawn in by sounds and he covers his mouth. I, I really like just the little things in that scene there. Uh, it was just so good. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier, just the the sounds going in and out of the daughters from the daughter's perspective and and kind of the the parents perspective where the parents can hear everything that's going on. And for her, it's kind of a muddled sound because she she has a hearing disability. Um, yeah, that just that that little like change of perspective each time is really uh, really just some of the small things that make this make the scene just so, so chaotic and so terrifying. And this is really like one of the first like truly chaotic uh, situ because we didn't really get too much of that in the first Quiet Place because of uh the the small set they kind of used with the characters, but this one you just see a lot of it because of uh you know you're seeing a full town being massacred by these monsters. Yeah, and then you have the cop, which is you know like another friend of uh, of John Krasinski's character, go down fighting, uh, just kind of shooting at these monsters that you don't know how to fight at this point. Um, the whole bus scene with Emily Blunt and the and the two sons yeah. in the car is great too. Holy crap, man! Just yeah. the, like we love practical effects on the show, we love it so much. And this was a practical way of putting action in this movie, and it really paid off. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I, I don't know, it was just kind of like a reward for for coming back to watch this movie. Um, and you finally get to see how it all started. It, it kind of that was what kind of made it separate itself from the original two. Um. But just, yeah, uh, one of the better opening scenes you'll ever see in a movie, period, uh, especially in the horror genre. And and pro- might be my favorite scene in the movie, but there's still plenty of other ones, too. Yeah, and one of the most heartbreaking connections 
to this opening scene comes later in the movie when you find out that Killian Murphy, who was at this baseball game uh, with the main family, his sons are playing in this game, and you find out that his sons died that day, which is just so heartbreaking. And it adds to the backstory of that character, which who I I think honestly might be my favorite movie or my favorite character. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to make a... Hot take right now. I think Killian Murphy's character arc was better than John Krasinski's in the first movie. I'd have to agree with you there too with that hot take. That's a no. double hot take for you. There you uh, go. But, double but it, hot take. I mean, it really is one of the one of the parts that just carries the movie and really sets the first movie apart. Um, because it's kind of a redemption angle. Um, that we uh, did we kind of get that in the first one with this, you know, we had the daughter kind of feeling guilty about the son dying and John Krasinski having to tell her that he actually does love her. Um, before he, he, he dies to kind of give her closure um, a little bit, but not in the, I don't think it was as extreme as this one. Just when you have a guy who's lost everything and he's got a, he has to kind of get a new, a new reason to live. Quite frankly, you know, he's just kind of like living and hiding and just letting himself rot, but he has a new motivation in this movie, but we'll get into that when we get in the characters. Do we, have, do you have another scene? Oh, I got a lot of them. Well, we could go on and on, but the bear trap scene is one. It was just so hard to watch it. You, you know, it's at the beginning of this movie. They leave the farmhouse. They're looking to go back into town. And the son from the first movie, the one that survived, steps on a bear trap, like outside of this like rail station or drilling station. And he just his scream is just so blood curdling. It, it like chills you to the bone. It's uh, just, oh my god! And then yeah, the monsters come immediately, and that's when you're introduced to Killian Murphy's character again. That was that that scene's gonna stick with me. Oh, just why the whole chase sequence is just flat. You you get two classic chase scenes back to back to start the movie. I mean, it just continues the tension uh, from the beginning, but does it in a different way. You know, it's it's less chaotic. Where in the fact that like it's it's more condensed with the all the characters kind of together and just a shorter cast when the first one, it's like all these extras and all this, all these like, you know, cars going all across damage going everywhere. Windows breaking where this one, it's just like, it's a family racing against the clock to get away from this monster. And, and they ultimately kill one, but then they run away from the other. Um, And yeah, it's just, you never know what's going to happen next until they finally get into that, uh, that vault. But man, Whew. it's it, it, you're like how how deep into the movie are you after that happens because like, i think it's 20 minutes maybe oh man by the, those 20 minutes you're already exhausted and it's it's just like that that's when i just was like smiling like wow this movie is so good this is the best 20 minutes i've ever seen in my life and there's no pause in this movie at all it's nonstop. Maybe there's a little pause when they get to that town on that island, which we'll probably talk about later. But yeah. it's just go, 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 go. And that's what I liked about it. Because in the first movie, you have a lot of pauses. You have that scene where the daughter and John Krasinski go to that waterfall. And you have all these different things in that movie. But this one is just nonstop. The, the other scene I kind of want to talk about is when Killian Murphy and the daughter are at the dock and then they're confronted by these like crazy people. This is what the apocalypse has done to them. They kind of made them these like uh, 
heathens, I guess. And uh, Killian Murphy's tied up and he's learned one sign language thing this entire time. And yeah. it was, uh, Dive. Yeah. yeah. And it <laughs> was introduced one. at the start of the movie. And I'm like, this is going to come to play at some point. And it comes into play here and it's utilized so well. Oh yeah. So, so good. Yeah. They, they foreshadow it. Yeah. You, you knew that it was going to come back to play they, they put that hint there very, very early. And oh, the minute it happened, you were like, oh, what's this guy got up his sleeves? Because I mean, the, the thing is like these these people kidnap them, but they don't realize and this is great character. I'm like, they've just kidnapped the people who figured out how to kill these things. Yeah, they, they know these monsters better than anybody else, including how to utilize the monsters for their own gain. And that was, I think, just the craziest part about about the scene. And also, you know, we didn't really have any human villains in the first one. So I think that's what this movie did well to separate itself is, is to give uh, more of a human feel. Now that, that felt very walking deady. And yeah. I was like, Oh geez, we're going to turn into walking dead. We're like, Oh, now it's the monsters are irrelevant. It's just people now, but no, they still made sure that the monsters were the main focus here. And just these people were kind of just a side, uh, a side quest. This did remind me a lot of The Walking Dead, actually. There's a lot of similarities, especially, you know, they find a, sh- a sanctuary. They've been hearing this song on the radio. It's like, oh, it's the star on top of the sea or something like that. Under and it's the this, sea. Or under the sea, yeah. And it's this island in the middle of this uh, city, I guess. And any time of The Walking Dead, when they stumble upon like an oasis or this town that's free from the apocalypse. I'm like, something bad is going to happen here and something bad happened there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do like the, how they decided to make it happen because it wasn't like a typical, you know, all the people were actually crazier than, than we thought. It's like, no, no, they're just the, the monsters found a way in type of type of deal. Um, but that village scene, I mean, the minute you see that boat, you knew something bad was going to happen at some point. And it's kind of spoiled in the trailers. But the minute you see that boat wash on shore and you just go, because you had finally started to relax, right? When this happened, you had finally started to chill out. The next thing you know, you're just going, oh, geez. Oh, not again. Like, come on. Seriously. This is the only breather we get in this movie, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) It's the only one. And with the village scene, too, it's just like, I don't, it's crazy, you know. I'm not one to hate on more action sequences, but like I didn't want one because I was so terrified. It was just like, no, they're not back. They, they come on. They why they have to find a way there. And next thing you know, plus you love Jamin Hansu, so like I didn't want to see him die. And then next thing you know, these things are attacking, and it's just all hell breaking loose. Yeah, he went out fast. I didn't. I expected him to have a bigger part in this, and it w- it was only like ten minutes. For, for like an Oscar winning actor. Yeah. One of the most underrated actors on probably the face of the earth, honestly. Um, and I just, what was funny too, is that they had like the, the most un annoying children ever on that Island, which was kind of funny. Yeah. You know? <laughs> People are getting massacred left and right. And they just pick these kids up and put them in the closet. They don't make one peep. <laughs> I, I thought that was a little funny, but I mean, I looked at my, I looked at, my girlfriend during this. And I was just like, of course these kids weren't annoying. (laughs) You know? Yeah. This is like the rare horror movie franchise where the kids aren't annoying. Like any of them. They're, they're great actors. All of them. I I Um, think there are a couple scenes where the, the, the youngest son does get a little annoying. Um, 
but at the same time, it's realistic because he's in an unprecedented situation. So I'll give him a benefit yeah. of the doubt, but he's definitely probably one of my least favorite characters. My dog also uh, agrees with you, Les. He, he agrees with you a lot every episode, actually, Ryan. Of course. But yeah, Ryan makes some good points, honestly. But the, the, my favorite scene with the youngest son is has to be the vault scene. Y- you know, you see this vault early on in the movie and they're putting this towel on the handle so you can't close it all the way. And like it closes and it's claustrophobic as hell. And there's this limited amount of oxygen for him and the little baby that was born at the end of the first movie. And that's a great scene too. Yeah. um, I think like the one thing that wins me over with him is how selfless he is to keep the baby alive. So you do see a strong character arc with Marcus just in terms of, uh, you know, just, I don't know. He kind of, he kind of makes a lot, he kind of gives, he leads to a lot of grief for the characters. You know, he's the one who steps on the bear trap. He's the one who can't stop screaming. Uh, he's the one who's an idiot and has to go searching throughout this uh, this building, thus finding something that causes him to make noise. And then he accidentally shuts the vault without the towel. And it's just he's making stupid decision after stupid. He's, he had to be that person in the horror movie, right? Like the person who just makes bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, and And eventually he steps up to the plate and saves his mother from the monster by, you know, just grabbing the gun and and utilizing the the radio to to kill that that monster at the end so he finally kind of comes to grips with himself and he also selflessly uh sacrifices his own oxygen to keep the baby alive which was you know against all odds and he almost ended up dying from that um so he goes through a pretty strong he goes through a decent arc too it's definitely not as good as killian murphy's but it, it's 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 one of the good parts of the movie yeah honestly i thought Emily Blunt was going to die in that sequence when they're in the vault and the monsters like scratching at them and everything. I was like, Oh, they're going to kill her off this time around, but they didn't. And you see like two parallels at at the end of this movie, you see Killian Murphy and the daughter in that radio station or that whatever that transmission station. And then you see the mom and the son or the two sons, I guess in the vault and I, I, I liked how this movie ended in a cliffhanger. Normally, I would have found that annoying, I guess. But you, you knew there was going to be a third movie probably going into this. Yeah, I like that decision. You might as well make it a trilogy, especially if you've already committed a number two. And, you know, you never see two movies just be two movies back to back unless the second movie is that bad, like a.k.a. Caddyshack 2. Um, but this one was just so strong that, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's just you might as well finish off the trilogy. Um, and, and just, uh, yeah. And also, you know, you kind of want to explore a little bit more about the, the aliens, you know, we, we got the, the what and the, the why, but I guess we never got the how, and that's the one thing that's missed off. How the heck did that thing crash here? And, and what are they? Are they like, uh, they invading earth intentionally, or is this a complete accident that they ended up here? I don't know. So it gives you. You definitely want to learn more and it kind of each movie's given you a little bit of insight, but this one, uh, the next one, hopefully will give you the, the complete story and finish it off. So, yeah. Yeah. There's one criticism I have in this movie and it's the design of the monsters. 
if you watch Stranger Things, they look almost identical to like a Demogorgon in that movie. And it does kind of um, they do kind of look like the Cloverfield monster, like a little bit shorter, you know? They or do not, actually, a, a lot yeah. shorter, I should say. Not a little bit, a lot shorter. Um they got those spider-like qualities to them. Mm-hmm. I agree with that there, yeah. Um and and let's get it, let's keep on with scenes. We still got a couple more, or a lot more. I don't know how do we want to look at this. Um I, I did we kind of touch on the second the village attack uh towards the end? Yeah, we touched on it. But yeah, let's go more in depth into it. Like what I said earlier, when those monsters come from like the right side of the screen or the left side, and it's like a fast attack, that's when they're most effective. And there's a lot of that in this village attack scene. Oh, yeah. Well, I just love how you kind of see Killian Murphy running. And then while he's running, you see it come into the screen. And it's just the, oh, no. And, And also just the reveal when he sees that boat. And and how your heart just sinks because you know what's about to happen. Um, I love that. So it's I don't know. It's just a really strong scene and just a really just terrifying. I don't really know what else to add. Yeah, it's just you're. It, it's a typical horror movie scene where you know if anything is very nice and perfect, it's not going to stay that way for long. And how it all unravels what was done in a great way, I would say. Uh, very effective. Um, I think one scene that I think is a great scene, but also has like a, a, a criticism, I would say the bus scene. When you have the girl kind of, uh, or uh, it's, what's, what's her character name? Uh, it is, come on, help me. Reagan, Reagan, Reagan. Yeah, so you I have Reagan. Up IMDb here. You have Reagan kind of walking through the bus and she's doing all these little things to not make any sound. And next thing you know, woof, jump scare out of nowhere. She falls back and then you see the monster come into the shot kind of out of focus. And then it's like the, Oh crap moment. Right. Um, that was the biggest jump scare in the, in the movie for me. And it was a little thing. That's the funny part. Yeah. Uh, as well as the, the Marcus finding the, the wife's body was, another good jump scare that was like a callback to is it psycho where he like keeps his mom in, in like kind of that that weird like i don't know she he, he like keeps her tucked away or something Ugh. it was kind of a callback to that i think yeah nice um what i what i but the one thing i didn't like about the bus scene i kind of saw knew how that was going to end like the minute she was struggling with the gun, I kind of knew that Killian Murphy was going to save her. I think that was a little predictable. Yeah, I, I knew he was going to come at some point because, you know, it's alluded to like two minutes before that. But that whole bus scene is great. And, and the choice I liked about that is they they kind of mute out all the sound when it has to do with the with Reagan. And I like that because it puts you in her shoes. Like she can't hear these monsters all the time, and then you can't hear them too. Whenever it's just her on screen, I thought that was a really smart choice by John Krasinski. Yes, it it and it, that's that's what we talked about the little things of this movie and just the the perspectives and utilizing her disadvantage slash advantage um, in dealing with this world, and that's just crazy. And just some of the conversations between Kelly and Murphy and all these characters are are some of my favorite scenes too. Just 
you know, just realizing that the depth they dig into this character and just what he's lost and what what's happened to his mind is some of the best, uh, just really some of the small little, the little scenes that make this movie such a great character movie. Yeah. It's one of the best character movies we've seen in a while. Honestly, what is it? June now? It's going to be hard for any movie for me anyway, to top this movie for the rest of the year. I know we have six months left to go, but yeah, <laughs> the performances were so strong in this one. And it, it made me f- like feel so emotionally attached to these characters that it, it's going to be hard to top. Yeah. Uh, do, do you have any other scenes or you want to get into characters? I say, let's get into characters. All right. Um, uh, I think we both have our number one. Do we have um, Killian Murphy's character? Uh, Emmett is number one for both of us. Yeah, he's number one. And, you know, going into this movie, it's like, how are you going to replace John Krasinski and someone with the charisma that he has? Killian Murphy was the perfect guy for this job. And you probably, and he probably wasn't your first choice either. But when you look at his past filmography, he came out in 28 Days Later, which one is one of the best post-apocalyptic movies of the past 20 years. And he's actually the perfect guy for this job. He, he, he just sells, you know, someone who's lost so many things so well. And the way he interacts with the characters we were introduced to in the first movie is fantastic. And I just think, too, with his character, uh, the, the difference between I think he kind of fits the the um, like today's television series in a way like we, we like complex characters and we like characters with you know, bad thing, bad qualities, but are secretly good, you know? And, and this is kind of a character where he kind of has to redeem himself. It's a redemption angle and people love redemption angles. So I just kind of feel like it was such a complex character and such an interesting character and kind of like, I hate to use the word anti-hero, but kind of felt like that a little bit, you know, where he kind of had no reason to live and he kind of had to get his humanity back. And he gets that through, um, a good friend's daughter who's fighting for a good cause. And he's kind of has to put himself in that situation and he kind of gets his humanity back trying to take her to, to this location. And, and I really just, it's such a strong character arc. And, and I think another thing I like about him too, and you know, you always like my deep depth analysis, Jeff. All right. Here's my one. I think for this movie, he symbolizes what Emily Blunt's character could become which is lost, given up hope, uh, completely grief-stricken, and just lost the humanity on the inside. And I think she's terrified of that. And he kind of simply, like, if she keeps losing her family members and and just kind of loses every reason to live, she's, she's going to turn into him. And that's kind of what he symbolizes to me. Ryan, you've done it again. And he, if you guys know that I like posting clips of the show on Twitter, this is the clip of the show we're going to post because Ryan, I love when you dig deep like this and you do stuff like this because that is 100% right. And I 100% agree with you. <laughs> Fantastic analysis. <laughs> oh, man. And that's why he's number one. <laughs> if you Boom. didn't put him number one, I was going to use that to convince you, but I didn't have to do that. So <laughs> I couldn't uh, have said it any better. This, this guy, this guy is poetic when he describes stuff. Sometimes I'm not going to lie, guys. 
Um, who's your is your number two going to be Emily Blunt? Because I think she's number two for me. It's going to be Reagan for me, the daughter. Oh. I th- this relationship remind me in a lot of ways of of Logan that movie, and it's like a you know they're not a father and a daughter in this movie, but they kind of learn to be at the end of the day. I like that kind of I like that relationship between the two. It, it was the best part of the movie for me, and she's very strong. She she has a lot of strong scenes. Some would, you know, even argue that she might be even be the the, the main character of this movie. And I, I love the interactions between the two. I like how he kind of tells her that you are who your father was, and you are better than him, and all that stuff. It, it was just very- oh yeah, that stuff almost had you in tears. Um, I just like em- Evelyn Evelyn like Emily Blunt's character, just the what she's been through. And just, first of all, the emotional acting from Emily Blunt is just, oh, like just the the portrayal of grief and anxiety and everything that she's been through. And, you know, watching her like the we talk about the facial acting here, just watching her face when she goes up to see uh, the the gravesite of her her son and she puts the wedding ring on that cross. It's just really it's just a really just such a strong performance. Um, and really the character is just so strong too. And especially since you see the evolution from the first movie to the second movie, where she kind of has like hope. And in this situation, she just kind of doesn't really know what to do because she's just lost everything, but she still has something to fight for, which is her two kids and now her baby. Um, and it just is such a unique dynamic where she's really just, trying to lead, but also trying to keep herself together. Yeah. She, she's very good in this movie too. And she, she's very broken by the time we pick up with her again, we pick up with her right away. But the fact that she'll put her entire life on the line, like you said, to, to sacrifice for her kids is what makes her so strong. Like there's that scene right at the middle of the movie where she, goes out all by herself to find oxygen for the baby. And that's a great sequence as well. And she'll do anything to protect her kids. And she's only become stronger now that she's become uh, a, a single parent, I would say after the first movie. And um, she's all the better. In and this and I, one. I always felt that the unique thing about picking this up, right where that movie left off is that like, two things happen at the end of the first movie, which is like they lost, they had a really traumatic thing happen to them, which was the loss of John Krasinski's character. But they also had, you know, a, a, a big time moment of hope, which is they figured out how to kill these monsters. So it's a mix of, okay, we have a reason to live, but we also have a reason to have, to be just very unhappy right now. And that's just one of the things that was so genius about picking this up right where the last movie had, uh, left off. Yeah. I think a, a time lapse in there would have been the wrong move to go because I kind of wanted to see the family right after that happened. Uh, it, it was a lot more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's why she's number three for me for number four. I, I would have to give it to the, the oldest son. He, he showed some heroics in this movie. I'm not going to lie. Like when he was prote- protecting his little brother, who's probably like three or four weeks old at this point, um, especially in that vault, it's just super memorable. And that's why he's going to get that nod for me. Yeah. I have, um, 
Reagan at number three, Millicent Simmons is performance is just really, really strong and kind of how she's forced to grow up and, and take on this quest and, and find the hope that's out there, which is a safe place for, for people to live and also kind of sharing with the world how to kill these aliens. Um, I had on, I need to pull my list up. I need to pull it up, pull it up, pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. I had, I forgot I didn't have Reagan at number four. I had Lee at number three. I oh. forgot. I forgot. I did that list before we came on. Yeah, I had Lee at number three. He's still in the movie, so technically you could put him on the list, right? He made an appearance. Um, but you know the the brief time we got him, which was just the the opening sequence, you were reminded of why you loved the character so much in the first movie. Just the 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 cool survival skills he has, but also just the compassion he has for his children and his willingness to do whatever it takes to get them out of there alive and protect them was. Uh, awesome, and and those few scenes he's in, it's just it's just yes, we love you, John Krasinski. We're so happy you decided to come back in this movie. I, I gotta agree with you there. I love I love John Krasinski. The Office is my favorite TV show of all time, so obviously I'm a little biased there. Um, he'll he'll round out my top five, but Marvel, what are you doing? Sign him up now. Yeah, he's D- the ultimate superhero. Yeah, DC, get him in a get him a job. I don't know. Somebody, somebody sign him. He needs to be the guy somewhere. Um, I had um man, could you mention John Krasinski as Batman? Just want to throw it out there. Oh man, Ryan, you were you were blowing my mind tonight, my friend. Because uh, I will take that right now. Get out of here, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> okay, well, I was really shocked to know that uh Jaiman Hansu's character does not have a name. Uh it's just Man on Island. Man on that's the kinda, island. That's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I thought he was he was great in the. Few, I have him rounding up my top five. He beats out Marcus, believe it or not. Um, just because you know when you have an actor that's just that awesome. I took notice when I saw in the trailer that he was going to be in this. I was immediately pumped for this sequel because I love and I really wanted more of him. But just the, it, I think he he served a good purpose too, where he kind of symbolized the. Um, the reality that some people have not been exposed to these monsters as much as everyone else has. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, he goes, uh, okay, let me, let me put it this way. So, so he know he's smart enough to know to honk, to get the monsters to attract to them. But you notice that he's still talking to them, you know, as he like, I need to go see my family. I need to go protect my family. Cause he doesn't have the wherewithal to know that, that little bit of a whisper is enough to for them to to, to kill you and hear you and know where you are. Whereas these other characters, they've they fought these monsters and they've been exposed to them. Because remember, him and that colony got on those ships pretty early into the into the apocalypse. So they're it's been over a year since they've made contact with these monsters. They don't know how to how to fight them off or or survive around them because they've they've grown relaxed to the elements they're in right now, which is being in a safe haven. Yeah. You know, I could see it both ways. You you have an actor of his stature playing such a small role in this that, you know, you're sad to see him go after a little amount of screen time, but I can also see on the other side of things, how effective it is to see this actor that you've kind of grown to love and know over the past 15 years, just, go out in such a, such a shocking way. So I, I, I can see it both ways. 
Um, and, and you're right. They, they didn't know how to deal with these monsters at all. They were pretty much cut off from what was going on with the world. And it was just their own little slice of, of, of paradise here that was kind of disrupted. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was. And I think just too like having him having, having it be a big actor in this role where he gets killed off like that, um, kind of reminded you of just how dangerous these, these monsters are where just like that, they can wreck your world and ruin everything. Yeah. It's um, it it was effective for sure. John Krasinski knows what knew what he was doing when he cast him in that role. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess I had Marcus like on, on, as the odd man out. There were just you know I I, I already kind of went over some of the critiques I had with his character, which was he was a little uh, obnoxious and annoying at times, and he made those dumb decisions when he could have been not been snooping around that place, you know, and it le- leads to them almost dying. Um, so that's that's the only reason, but but his character arc did have a very good strong ending, which is eventually him kind of rising to that role and protecting his family the way that his sister, his dad, and his mom have done. Yeah, he, uh, I I think he was more effective in the first movie if we're going that way because the relationship with him and his dad in the first movie was pretty good. This one, um, he kind of took a step back to his sister, I would say, and that's why. He, his sister is higher up on the list for me. Absolutely. Yeah. She had a really strong uh, story there. So a lot to work with. As far as like bad characters go, I would say the, the people on the dock were, were very underdeveloped. They were introduced in like five minutes and taken out five minutes after that. I I, I think if they could have maybe like had Killian Murphy's character kind of explain like know about them or something like that or yeah given some type like maybe like a little bit more time to just kind of figure out who they are and why they're doing what they're doing but at the same time it kind of added to the realism which is you know i don't have time to get to know these people i need to get them out of my way and (laughs) kill them as quickly as possible yeah i mean 130 minute runtime you got to kill some people fast i guess but Mm -hmm. that was small nitpicks in this movie yeah, and we, we both just have small nitpicks. So I guess when we get to our final review, uh, I think we're both going to go with the all-star route minimum. Yeah, I think we could go there right now. Go Honestly, ahead. I'm going to give this a Hall of Fame. It was that effective for me. It was so good. It was so anxiety-inducing. It's, it's always going to be our return to the movie theaters. For me, for Ryan, for my fiancé. For Ryan's girlfriend, it's going to be that, and this was the perfect movie for audiences to 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 take that first step back into, and that's why it's going to be memorable for me. And just how good it was was just like the cherry on top of a, a very very sweet experience. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the verge. I, I, I'm I'm just I'm concerned to give it a Hall of Fame because I don't know how it's going to age. You know, maybe I might have to let. I'm I'm giving recency bias and. And, and might change my mind down the road, but it's, it's kind of hard for me not to say hall of fame because this really was just, uh, and I think too, just with the horror genre, cause we went through such a, a rough period where we just weren't getting great horror movies, you know, and it's now in the last couple of years when we're really starting getting good ones again. You know, if, if you watched the show before you would know, I love Halloween, the Jamie, newest Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween series. Um, 
cannot wait for that sequel. Um, and there's a bunch of other horror films and a quiet place is obviously a part of that horror renaissance we're experiencing. And this is just one of the most effective sequels we've seen in some time. And for that reason, I'm probably just gonna have to give it a, a hall of fame. Cause you really don't get a lot of good horror sequels if you get a classic horror movie. So this is, um, big props to this one. Yeah. That, whew, this was good, Ryan. This was the best movie we've done in a very long time. Yeah, and we've done some good ones recently too. Let's, let's yeah. take you, well, you just saw a really good one with Corella. What was and and I can't remember. What did you guys give that eventually? Final we, score? we gave it. We, we gave that an all star, but this this is this blows that movie out of the water. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So two new movies out. We've reviewed them both, and both of us are the. This show has endorsed both of them, so y'all have a good reason to go back to the movie theaters now. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, summer 2021 has proven to be a very strong year for blockbuster movies, except for The Conjuring 3. Don't <laughs> watch that in theaters. Uh, yeah, well, we're looking forward to more exciting movies. And uh, dare we say it, um, I remember, Jeff, you posted some on social media after Logan came out and you said if there was ever a superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture, this would be it. Uh, if there was ever a horror movie to be nominated for Best Picture, this would be it. You know, I, I, I think I think we should start a petition online to be like nominate a quiet place to give John Krasinski a best director nomination, give some of the members of this cast some some actor and supporting actor and supporting actress and actress nods because uh, a lot of them really do deserve it. And writing too. I mean, sound but, sound editing minimum, sound editing or, and sound mixing and cinematography like that, those those categories have to at least be under consideration yeah best original screenplay has to be in play because there's going to be nothing more original than this movie and this series it's just that good to it's just just such a good premise for a horror franchise you can't make noise or a monsters will kill you so good and i'm surprised it took long enough for anybody to think of that mm-hmm. oh yeah well we can wrap this up uh man this was another this was an awesome episode and we jeff and i really had a good time with this one and uh we're gonna be finally back to doing some real and chalk talks in the near future and i think we also have some interviews we're gonna be doing uh hopefully soon so stay tuned follow us on social media we've got the big three facebook instagram twitter and we update it often. Jeff does a really good job with that. But uh, Jeff's a little salty right now. The uh, Nuggets are out of the playoffs. We'll probably talk about that on our... <laughs> on our Very angry. Our Very real angry. and chalk. Yeah, our real and chalk dog. We'll have to go over that. And hopefully Jeff won't be as salty and we'll give the Suns the credit they deserve when that comes. Ryan, I apologize for quoting your tweet, but I was... Uh, <laughs> no, it was funny. I was at the <laughs> height of my anger at that point. Uh, it's okay. As long as you're not mad at me for forgetting that we were supposed to do this at 7 p.m. and then here we are i actually wish we would have done it at the original time so i didn't have to watch that game because I, <laughs> I was i was so, so I, I gave you i gave you the offer i was like come on just miss, just miss the first half yeah they they probably would have won actually if i didn't watch it that's that's yeah. usually how it goes but uh on to football season let's say that there we go all right well thank you so much for joining us for an exciting episode this was a quiet place too and we will see you hopefully in the near future for another episode of good friends real talk and chalk talk Have a great week, everyone.